Hi, this is David from Wedding Business Growth. Wedding Business Growth is committed to helping you succeed in the wedding and events industry and grow your business in a sustainable way. Thank you for tuning into Wedding Business Growth Podcast. And now stay tuned for part one of this episode. That means we're live. What's up, bro? What's up, man? How you doing, bud? Good, man. How are you? Good to see you. Look at this setting you've got us all wow. set up in. Man. Hey, it wasn't just me. It was a team member, bro. No, I'm just saying, like, every week, I feel like you just keep taking us to the next level, man. I like the accents, man. The accent lights look really nice. Yeah, it's really cool. It looks yeah. good. It looks good. How's your week, dude? My week was good. My week was good. I have, uh, I had a good, I had really good event this week i had to think back for a second actually I had two really good yeah. events this weekend yeah, yeah. they were all, there was a lot of fun man so we so we really enjoyed that uh you know it's still a little bit interesting because uh one of the events that i did they were uh very adamant about people wearing masks for the whole mm. event which you know is cool. is cool and i think it's i think it's a smart thing and the other one was the complete opposite they didn't yeah. want anybody to wear masks was that on friday night yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so it was it was one of those things where flip flop, but you know, I think we're all going to continue to see that for a while. Definitely. And I think that, um, the best thing that anybody can do is just do what's best for themselves, do what yeah. they believe in, do what they feel is the right thing to do. I'm, I'm never here to judge anybody and, and it's all good. What about your week? Man, it was, it was great. Like you said, like we had some events and that, they were really awesome. Oh, there he goes, Matt. You want to throw that comment up there? Oh yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Matt. Had to, uh, had to, rock our uh, request now shirts tonight so thank you for those you, bro there's our, our buddy matt peterson checking in what's going, up matt our guest Appreciate from last you. week good to have you matt thanks for checking in with us bud but yeah man we have uh, actually one more thing just we uh i got together with our with our dude shane ryan yeah and uh we got some good stuff coming up for some music videos so, so really y'all are working on a music video excited about that that's new territory for me i've never done a music i i did one music video i guess we did for the tom petty thing that was kind of yeah. like a music video but this will be like a real music video i'm super excited about it so yeah big shout to, to shane ryan so we got our uh we got our first facebook user comment here and hello uh, hi gentlemen how are you hey how are you uh just a reminder to everybody who's joining us tonight uh if you'd like for us to see your your face your likeness and your name all you have to do is click on uh give stream yard permission to show my face and name or whatever it's in the bottom of the comment right above the video and uh that way you'll be able to to do that we'll know who you are and we won't have to call you facebook user because we like to call you by your name not by the moniker facebook user and i guess if, before we go any further our traditional uh Always. cheers so oh, yeah. let's open so it crack it open <laughs> and cheers, let's do our best not to spill it all over everything well, let's have fun my dude dawson hi what's up Thanks for checking in, man. Said he thought he had it set up, but he didn't. But now he does. It's all good. Man, thanks for checking in, brother. Good to have you guys. I think we're going to have a lot of fun, fun people on tonight because they know who our guest is tonight. So right. I am. Uh, this has been when I looked at and I always feel like I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but I don't give a shit. When I when I look at our list of guests are coming up, it's almost like a, a sports team. It like, is yeah. like when the, when the schedule comes out and you look at all these games you're playing, you like circle that one game where you're like, shit, I can't wait to get to yeah. that game. So tonight <laughs> was tonight. that tonight was that yeah. night for me. So I have been really excited to get to tonight. Um, can't wait, man. And, and I've been, and, and again, I always say this, that is no knock whatsoever on our past guests because yeah. we have some really great guests and, and upcoming guests as well. Yeah. Uh, there's no knock on them whatsoever, but tonight just for personal reasons, I was really, really excited about tonight. 
So, um, but you and I worked an event this last weekend and, uh, you know, I will, I will tell you guys, um, sometimes you, you realize how stressful events can be. And and it was one of, so we worked an event together. Uh, first of all, we had to drive three hours to get there. All right. Ernie, what's up? What's up? What's up? So we had to drive three hours to get to the event. And when we got there, setup was in a different place than we were originally told. Um, we were supposed to be inside. They moved us outside. Like every comedy of things that could happen, um, were happening. And, and, And I think it's interesting. It's an interesting, um, take on realizing that sometimes it's really good. And I had to do this for myself. Sometimes it's really good to just step away for a second, take a deep breath, remind yourself that it's not the client's fault that these things are happening. It's their day. You need to do what's best for them. And and at the end of the day, all these little, little kind of things that are happening to you. Are are they really that big of a deal? Right. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I think there was a lot of lessons learned, if you will, from that. And there, that's for anyone in the industry as well. I mean, you know, as a videographer as well, you know, we, yeah, just sometimes step back and just kind of reevaluate and just breathe. I think that's kind of the most important thing is just to take a step back and and look at the 10,000 foot view real quick. You know, it'll definitely save you for sure. Yep. Couldn't agree with you more. So, all right. right, Well, I think we've, uh, I think we've exhausted all of our, uh, you know, introduction, all all of this, that, and the other things here. So let's dive right into it. All right. Let's do it. You ready? Let's bring her in. I'm ready. I'm ready. So I'm going to introduce our guest and I've gotten a little bit better at this. I've actually had our guests start sending me bios that I can tell, tell you everybody who's watching about them other than me just saying they're really cool. I really (laughs) like them. And here they come. (laughs) So here we go. Uh, Andrea, Andrea Epolito is a Las Vegas wedding planner who has dedicated her life to redefining what it means to get married in Las Vegas. And if you haven't been to Las Vegas, you got to go. It's an amazing place to go to, uh, author of two books, host of a podcast and a YouTube channel and an international educator. Andrea also offers courses and consulting services for wedding professionals, venues, and other hospitality organizations. Hopefully, I read that well. So, without further ado, we're going to invite our guest to join us tonight, Mrs. Andrea Epolito. Hi. Hey, Andrea. How's it going? I'm, I'm so glad that you had like the short intro. <laughs> Right. I, I thought about actually reading reading the long one, but I was like, no. I, I, might, I might screw that up totally. And <laughs> no. I'm trying not to do that. No, I'm so excited to be here. And this has been something that we've been looking forward to for a really, really long time. So I'm excited. Well, part part of my excitement in this is number one, we first met each other at uh, at the collective, collective. in, in yeah. uh, Arizona. And, uh, and it was just amazing for me to listen to your passion for the industry and and listen to just I don't know, like you you just the way you approach things. And then I, I picked up a copy of your book and I read that on oh, the way, you know, on the way home. And uh, and so it was just really neat for me to be able to kind of circle back to today and have you on our show. And uh, we haven't had the honor to work together yet, but I hope one day like I put that on my things that I want to do in 2021 when the world gets real again. Uh, I love that. Do an event with Andrea Polito. So hopefully we'll be able to pull that together one day. That would be awesome. You know, it's funny because I only do six events a year. So my signature events, I I typically do six a year. And I was speaking to a client today and they said, are you maintaining that for 2021? And I said, you know, 2020 like copied and pasted into Mm. 2021. And so 
I think a few of them will fall off because they're international clients who aren't going to be able to travel to the States. Um, but I'll, I think that next year I'll probably do about 10, maybe nice. 10 wow. events. Yeah. And my husband's like, maybe we could take on this or that. And I'm like, I just want to live through 2021. I want yeah. to do, want to right. do my 10 and run my businesses and, and not kill myself. But it's hard right now because yeah. I think we've all felt this disconnect to our clients. We felt our disconnect to the industry. We felt a disconnect to each other. And we so badly want to be together. We so mm -hmm. badly want to do all the things that there's this feeling of like, we should take it all. We should do it all because we don't know when we're going to get to do it again. Um, but I, I really believe that that's a mistake and that we have to continue to be selective and we have to continue to be really focused in terms of who who are we as yeah. a business, who are we for, who are we not for, and why are we doing the work that we're doing? And if, yeah. if you can't answer those things, I think that it's a slippery slope in terms of being able, finding out that you're, you're, you wake up in 2022 and you're something that you're not. Yeah. And that scares me. For a yeah, lot of people huge. that's huge that's a that was powerful that was a powerful statement ernie says he misses your face so ernie, ernie we, big daddy how you doing we hooked you up ernie now you now you can not only hear andrea but see her too so good stuff there uh, oh i love you guys i love that she's the dj is like the best you guys are <laughs> any like there's there's something about like dj video tech world that you guys are just on a on another level, and I think it's because you come from a place of being the underdog and being the thing that people nobody comes in and is like, my biggest priority is the DJ or the video, truthfully, yeah. or the video, <laughs> yeah. and and so those are the two things that. But everyone will turn around, and it's the first thing they bitch about. The music yeah. sucked. Yeah. yeah. Well, you didn't. You you had five hundred dollars for a DJ. So right. Yeah. What did you like? I could have gotten you an iPad for three ninety nine, and it would have been the same shit. Yeah, I think you. So make they don't want to invest in it, but then they complain. Yeah, I think you make an incredible point. It's not a priority, but it always becomes yeah. the first problem. Wow, that is that is that's powerful. So profound. Yeah. Wow. And going back to your point about the underdog, like you could take that back, like macro to when I was like a teenager in AV, being yeah. a nerd, an absolute nerd. So yeah, for sure. No doubt about but, it. But <laughs> no that's the thing, like, it. and how cool is the stuff that you guys do? And when right. they see the finished product, everybody's always blown away. Like, oh yeah. my God, it's not like a highlight reel. It's a film or it's yeah, not, yeah. It, it wasn't just playing someone else's music. It was really like driving the dance floor. Right. Because I think there's a lack of understanding. Sure. I mean, uh, up until I started going to the collective, I was like, I don't get it. You play other people's music. I had mm. no idea yeah. what went into the planning, the purchasing, the setup, the teardown, the, the reading the crowd and how you mix and being able to come and be a speaker and then hang with you guys and get to know you guys has been fantastic for me because it's given me the language that I need to explain what the differences are yeah. and mm -hmm. why one DJ sets up a certain way and why the equipment matters and how come it's important to do this Q&A. And you guys, if, I, I would say that if there's any one segment of the industry that's taught me the most in the last two years, it's been the DJ tech kind of AV world has definitely taught me a lot. That's awesome. Yeah, I, th I think that's incredible. Yeah. And, and that's, uh, that's a testament to, to, you. to getting together and, and getting yeah. to, uh, Ernie says, uh, we're only limited to our own creativity. Absolutely. Mm. Yep. Uh, I think it's a testament to us getting together and having those types of conversations. 100%. Because, 
uh, a lot of times, like I think those roles can be reversed too. Like we don't always necessarily know all the right things, and and that's uh, you know to to express about um, somebody who is helping create this amazing event. And I mean, if you guys haven't been to Andrea's either her website or her her Instagram, like when you look at these things, you're like, holy shit! Like this is on another level. Like yeah. this is awesome. And, and, and that just doesn't happen by accident. It's not like, you know, just wake up one day and, and, you know, and, and it just happens. We had another comment come in experience and learning from the experts. Exactly. Um, but I was also going to say, David, it's a testament to, uh, Andrea because she's taking the time to learn right. other vendors craft, right. which is absolutely incredible of you. How many, how many planners do you know? Who are who are so focused on the planning aspect that they can't, you know, what? Wh let me put myself in the DJ shoes. Mm. Let me put myself in the videographer's shoes to really help understand it. And I think it almost probably helps you maybe do your job better. I don't want to speak for you, but I'm sure it no, it, helps you. it does. Somebody wrote me a comment the other day. I saw it last night, and it said, "What kind of education do I need in order to be a wedding planner?" And so I started scripting out my video. And one of the things that I talk about is in. Like, you, what do you need to be a wedding planner? You need a business license, you need insurance, you need a website. Like, it could, you know, poof, you're a wedding planner. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. But if you want to be good, if right. you want to be successful, because we typically are the helm of, of the ship, which I, it's one of those things where people are like, oh, I don't want to say that because I don't want people to feel like I think I'm the boss. I am the boss. Right. Yeah. This is This is my room. This is my show. This is my feelings. I create them. I'm responsible for everything that happens in that room. And in order for me to take that kind of responsibility, I need to understand who I'm inviting into the process and I need to understand how they work. And how do you, how do you talk about the difference between, you know, you and digital Dave? How do I talk about the difference between you and Jason or you and Brian? Right. It's the only way to do that is to have an understanding of how do they hear the music in their head? How do they shift the songs? How do they set their playlist? What do they bring to the table? Because if I don't, if I can't speak intelligently about what it is that you do, and if I don't have a really good understanding of your business, then how am I selling you? I'm selling you based on price. Yeah. And now you're a commodity and now nothing you do matters because if I could get one for five and one for four, then why not get one for three? Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you water down the process, whereas now, Instead, I can I can talk about how Brian sets up and I could talk about how Jason runs his behind the scenes and I could talk about how Dave Krieger likes to talk on the mic, which is something I couldn't do before. I could talk about it locally on a very small scale in terms of my Las Vegas community, but we're not limited to Vegas anymore. And the world has shrunk so much that I don't care where you live. I just care. Are you the right person for this piece of business? Yeah. And if you are, you're just a flight away. So why not expand and and have a better understanding and a, and a better language to discuss what other people are doing and why a client needs to invest? Because the number doesn't mean anything until I can attach it to something. Yeah. And and that's been a, a big part. But that was something I did even, even when I started, like when I opened Bellagio 21 years ago, I spent time in the video room learning, how are you guys cutting a video live as it happens so that people are, and I mean, I'm two days older than water, but we, they would leave and we'd give them a VHS cassette. Like wow. here's your VHS because we were cutting, we had three cameras behind mirrors and I never understood like, how do you guys do that? 
So I spent a couple of months working behind the scenes, learning how to cut and edit video, learning when you wanted to go from the bride to the groom and why do you need to have a, an establishing shot and how does all that work? It was 21 years ago, but I still think about that when I'm designing a room going, what does that shot look like from behind? How does it, you know, if I put a tree there, are you going to be able to get a shot of the groom's face during his vows? And I think that if there's anything that really sets me apart, it's that I've worked in all of my partner's businesses, even if it's just for free, so that if I'm asking you to do something or if I'm telling you to do something, it's because I've, I've done it before and I've actually pulled it out myself. And so I'm, I'm not going to push you to a place that's going to break your business. I'm going to push you, but I'm not going to do anything that is so unheard of that it's going to that it's going to damage the system. Hmm. That's that's solid. Wow. And I think two points come out of this. Number one, well, plenty of points, but two points that come to mind right away. First of all, is a, a take home from this is that if if uh, if you're watching right now, and this is not the kind of conversations that you're having with the other folks that are in your market, at least um, you should be proactive and you, you should kind of be the first person to put that foot forward and say, hey, listen, um, you know, this is something I think we should do. And I, and I want you to understand uh, or let me let me rephrase that. I want to understand your business. I want to understand how you do things so that I can better serve you. And together we can collectively better serve the client. Yeah. Uh, and then secondly, the, the what takeaway from that is that use the analogy of being the captain of the ship, so to speak. I think it's really okay to be, if you've got a solid captain, it's okay to be kind of the first mate sticking with this kind of analogy. Yeah. Like it's okay to be a solid first mate yeah. and together you're still, you know, commanding an amazing ship for this mm. client, which ultimately should be the goal for all of us anyways. Yeah. Um, you know absolutely. what I mean? Well, it's, it's two things. I mean, I don't know sports analogies and I don't sail. So I'm, I'm like <laughs> rolling with it here. I don't understand any of it. That's um, okay. But what, what I think about all the time is like, I'm invited into these people's lives typically a year to a year and a half out. They don't know me. I'm, I'm a picture on Instagram, I'm a voice on a phone. The reality is, is I, don't, I don't do anything. I don't cook the food. I don't make the centerpieces. I don't set the tables. I don't play the music. I am, my entire job is to be a conduit and pull the right people together. I have a great vision and I can see the world through, I, I can interpret your reality through my lens and I do that on a on a bigger scale because I like things to be over the top. But if if one person falls out, if the guy who cleans doesn't come and clean, if you blow a mic, if the lighting tech has a, an issue, any of those things, and it's a domino effect that I don't that I don't control. So I'm I'm one part Cupid, one part. HR pulling together the right people and it's always a puzzle going how did how does this fit does this person get along with this person are they going to be in a room together for 12 hours and is there going to be friction and so that's a big deal when I'm when I'm team building but before we went live we were talking about the idea of like earning business and offering to work for free and offering to mm -hmm. do all of these things and as we're talking I think that one of the things that is that would be interesting for, for somebody, instead of turning around and saying, hey, I'm gonna come and I'm gonna DJ for you for free, or I'm gonna do video for free. Invite somebody that you wanna work with into your business and pull back the curtain and say, the only way you're gonna understand 
why you should work with me, why I'm absolutely the best and only person to have a piece of your business every year, is for you to come behind the scenes and see what I do. And to let it be raw. Let them see the mistakes and how you yeah. fix them. Let them see the, the stress of having to move from inside to outside. And while, while the regular person is like, it's a, what's the big deal? You're standing here, you're standing there. Acoustically, it's different. Speaker-wise, it's different. Power-wise, it's different. Clothing-wise, it's different. And so let somebody like me, let a venue manager, let a planner, let a photographer see what it takes the week leading up mm. and to watch it because their ability to sell it. Either you're going to be a hero and they're going to say, oh, my God, this person is amazing and I can't wait to work with them because I know that they'll die on the floor getting it right. Or they're going to go, okay. And if that's their response, that's not your partner anyway. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because you you want to be you want to be really obsessed about being together and, and working as a unit, because we're all so solitary in our businesses. Like I I manage venues, and my husband and I do consulting for them, and I always say to him, the nicest thing about it is I don't miss being an employee, but there are times where I miss being part of a team, mm. and because I have such a small number of signature weddings every year, I don't get that team feeling. Yeah. all the time. So when I can when I can build my dream team and I could say, I can't wait to work with this photographer and I know that they've not worked with this video team, but they're just going to vibe and our DJ is going to be amazing and I have a sax player and I, I'm layering all these things. That's that's my crew for 48 hours, 72 hours. It's like being on a movie set yeah. where you have this really intense trial by fire relationship and then it's done. And And the goal is to come back to it again and again. So that you can work well together, because that's just a dance you perfect over time and over experience, having been in the same space. So, I'm into it. I'm always into like building with other people. No, I, I love oh, that. I think yeah, all, all of those are really great points. Point. And those of you that are watching us, thank you very much for watching tonight. Uh, we are talking with uh, event and wedding planner extraordinaire Andrea Epolito, and we encourage you guys to. Drop your comments, drop your questions if you have any uh, in the comments section. We'll, we're definitely monitoring those and we will address those as uh, as the night goes on and the conversation continues. Uh, interestingly enough, I know if you if you read the write up about this, uh, we kind of were talking about having uh, having a coach and people helping you with your business. And guys, I promise you, we are definitely going to be talking about that tonight. Definitely. I think that um, what we've talked about so far kind of stemmed, as Andrea mentioned, from uh, our conversation off, you know, off live before we came on tonight. But I think it's valuable information. I think it's Definitely. really important um, to understand relationships. And, and, and in a way, this is kind of this is kind of a coaching opportunity yeah. for everybody yeah. to say, hey, listen, if you're not doing this, you really should be doing this. And, sure. and this is why uh, coming from somebody who, um, you know, don't don't discredit the number six events, like don't discredit that whatsoever. Those of you guys that do, you know, hundreds of events all the time, we were, we were kind of talking about that, uh, as well offline also. Yeah. And, and I mean, the quantity and the amount of events that you do is irrelevant to the, to the power yeah. or value of, of your business and, and you as an individual. So, uh, we have a comment come in here. Everyone needs a coach. Yep. Absolutely. absolutely. So 100%. I've got, think, we were talking about, I, um, I've got, I'm a member of the BBC, which is the business of being creative. It is a think tank of creative professionals that run businesses. And it's something that I've been involved in for about four years since, since the inception. It's run by Sean Lowe. And not only, it has taught me to think like a business. 
and to operate much less as a hobbyist and much mm. more as a legitimate business, which I think that sometimes if you're creative, if, if you use that side of your brain mm -hmm. and your tendency is to go to the pretty or go to the look or to do that, you can, you can almost lose the, the fact that this is a business. So I, as a person on the planet, I exist to create extraordinary moments for people who live extraordinary lives. My entire goal and my entire dream is to build these amazing experiences in these places for, for other people. That's what I do. My business exists to serve me. Mm. So I had to learn how to separate those. I had to learn how, especially when you're in the customer service place, everything, I want to say yes to everything. Mm. I really do. Yeah. I, there's, there's that thing that's like, can you do this wedding? I love your work. Oh my God, you love my work. I love that you love my work. Right. I want to do this. But then I have to stop and weigh that against, does this particular client serve my business? Right. Because if it's the wrong client and I'm doing the wrong business, then that breaks every other part of my life. Yeah. All of a sudden I'm not being paid appropriately for the work that I'm doing or the work that I'm creating and putting out there isn't on brand. I took it because they were nice and I was slow and maybe I needed the money or my kid wanted to do something and I was like, okay. And then I end up with a piece for my portfolio that I can't really show. And, and so you, I had to learn to, to understand that it's okay to run a business like a business and to be a creative and that there were ways to do both of those. Um, I also have a YouTube coach that my husband and I hired and, and brought in to help us learn how to deploy video in a really meaningful way. And how do you grow an audience? And then how do you engage with them? And then how do you, once you have them, what do you do with them? Is the purpose just to have vanity metrics? Like, is it to see that there's X numbers of thousands of people following you? Right. Once you have them, are you selling them something? Are you teaching them something? Are, are you hooking them for something in the future? And I didn't know the answers to that. And so when, when I look at pieces in my business where I'm going, I'm, I'm an expert on the design. I know what I want it to look like. I know what I want it to feel like. I'm not an expert on contracts. And so now I hire someone who is. And I have them for a short period of time. I, I hate the idea of pivoting away from your core, even during COVID. Mm. But what I think COVID has taught us and, and one of the things that, that I've learned is if I double down on my competencies, who am I really? Why do I do this? What value do I add to people's lives? And are there ways to do that that exist outside of their six-hour wedding experience? And the answer is, is of course I can. Of course, if I designed your wedding, I can do your baby shower. Of course, I can do their first birthday. If I'm doing their first birthday and you're having a big holiday party, of course, I can decorate your house for it. If I'm decorating your house for it and you now need to decorate their nursery, why couldn't I, why couldn't I expand into those places? Mm. Why couldn't I take the relationship that I have and the quest that I'm on, which is to make the world a more beautiful place? and to bend the universe to my will so that I can create an environment that feels authentic and that feels beautiful, why, do I, why am I limiting myself to six hours of your life? When I have value that I could add in other places, it's, it's not a pivot. 
I'm not not a wedding planner, Mm -hmm. but I'm trying to find other ways that I can maintain these relationships, that I can continue to add value. And so I have a coach looking at that to say, where, where do I push? Where do I pull? Where do I expand? And where do I grow? And what areas are probably either overly saturated or not as interested or I'm not ready? And, and so I think that anyone who is speaking, anyone who's teaching, anyone who's coaching should 100% have a coach of their own. It's like how a therapist has a therapist. Mm-hmm. You need that in order to, to keep you sharp and also so that you don't buy into your own bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, very like very I need right. someone to say to me, like, what the fuck are you doing? No, don't do that. That's stupid. Yeah. And I go, Oh, okay. Because otherwise you, you start to buy your right. own press. And I don't want to do that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it is very hard sometimes to see yourself objectively. So having someone from yeah. from outside, uh, I, I would say David is honestly my coach right now, you know, uh with how we awesome. operate. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's definitely like, hey, I come to him with an idea and it's like, what do you what do you really think about this business wise? He's like, bro, like, don't even waste your time. And it's like, dude, that's what I needed to hear because I'm like, oh, maybe this is a good idea. It's like, no, so I, I totally see what you're saying. I think that's an excellent point. We got some comments here. Dude. Yeah, I'm going to hit some of these comments. What do we before, got? I, before I do that, I, I just want while this is in my head, I really I really wanted to uh, make sure that people really heard what you were saying and understood what you were saying, because I think that a lot of people in our especially in the wedding part of our space. Um, not necessarily corporate or any of the other parts of our space, but a lot of times in the wedding part of our space, a lot of people look at a, at a bride and groom as kind of like a one and done. Like, uh, you know, yeah. they're, they're not a repeat client. And we always, we almost kind of make a joke out of the fact that they're a repeat client, like they get, they're getting married again. Right. But I think- We've all had it, some of them. Yeah, but I think you, you make a, a phenomenal point about saying, how am I able to- how am I able to continue this relationship yeah. with somebody who's already trusted me with arguably one of the most important days of their yeah. lives? Mm-hmm. How can I continue to do that and and build uh, um, um, expand that relationship? And let's be honest, make money in the process. I mean, that's what yeah. the hell we're all in business for. Right. I mean, yeah. we want to have friends, but shit, we're in the we're in business to make money. Yeah, you know, friends don't pay bills. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I prefer not to have too many friends personally. Right? I'm. Yeah, I'm not on I'm not on friend track. Um, like I, I married my best friend, who's also in uh, in a big way my my business coach who will who will say mm-hmm. to me, You need to move in this direction, or why aren't you doing any more of, of that? But it's also something where he'll look at me and say, like, okay, so you you spend all this time on social and on your blog and on your YouTube getting people interested in you gaining a sense of having your, the, your potential customers just be aware that you exist. Because at the, the level of work that I do, my clients spend an average of about 2,500 to 3,000 a head. Mm. So at that price point, you can pretty much hire anyone. Mm. So you need to be aware of who I am and what I'm doing before you get engaged. Otherwise, you turn around and you go, Who's the most famous wedding planner? Who's the celebrity wedding planner? Who does my venue recommend? And you just book them. So I spend, I put in all of this effort and I make all of this investment into just be, just know that I'm out there, know that I'm an option. Then I just need six. Mm-hmm. The, the business is built and I, I've played with the numbers. I've gone as high as 19 a year. I've gone as low as two. Six allows me to be really engaged, 
really interested in the process, completely available to my clients, and to be wildly creative in a way that I don't think I could be if I was doing 12. Mm -hmm. I don't think I could do it if I was doing 60. Like, I just don't think that I could get there. But six seems to be my happy number, and then I can still do all the other work that I do. But now I have them, and now we're a year and a half in. And by the time that wedding happens, like, I'm, I'm your bestie in a box. I'm the friend that has done everything with you. You've talked to me about money. You've talked to me about your relationship. You've talked to me about your in-laws. You've talked to me about your sex life. We've gone through, I've seen you naked mm -hmm. lots in, in the dressing room. And now there's this, there's this feeling and we, we hit it where so many of my brides are like, so is like, is this it? Are we done? <laughs> right. Yeah. And do we still call each other? Do we still talk? And so you find yourself having the having friendships with people who were clients and then as their lives progress i make sense mm -hmm. it makes sense that after trusting me that with all of that that two years later of course i'm going to do your baby shower yeah. and the first few times i was asked like can you do this baby shower it's like that's i'm kind of expensive for a baby shower don't you think but no i'm not not when I've seen you through your engagement party right. and your wedding and this, and now what is that baby shower? I'm in there surrounded with a group of women and a group of people, some of whom are gonna get married, some of whom have cousins and children mm. and nieces and all of these other people who now get to see not Andrea Light, but a different side of what I do. They get to understand who I am and how I operate in a different capacity. And so now that awareness goes up but the trust that they have in me is exponential because I'm already vetted and used by this third party that they love. So now it becomes something where like, oh, you know what? My, my girlfriend, actually, I met her wedding planner. She actually did her baby shower and then I saw the wedding pictures and she's really cool. You should call her. Mm. And, and now I'm, I'm a heritage staple. I'm a, I'm a legacy. And I'm able to tell not just one story in your life. I'm able to tell this life story. And I'm able to carry an arc and carry a mood and carry a vibe and a thread through all these really important moments. Mm. But I'm also connected to the extension, to your extended friend group, to your extended family. And now when I walk into a room, I'm like, let's be very clear. I'm the help. I get that. I'm... As, as much as you like me, on the day of an event, I am the help. But it's a much easier process. There's a lot more respect if we've spent years together. If we know each other in a more intimate way, you don't ever think that I'm trying to sell you. You know that every decision I'm making is 100% in the best interest of you, your family, and, and the moment. I love that. And yeah. I, I love how you've moved past these events as transactions. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I mean, I'm very young in business, but I still even try to strive to, you know, right. keep up with people. I mean, and strive past to make it just a transaction, make it meaningful, understand your clients, you know, understand yeah. who they are as people and, and maintain that relationship even after the event is over. So no, awesome. All right. Let awesome me get some, let me get some yeah. of these comments because I promised I would. <laughs> so uh, we have a comment. Great points. Uh, I think it's really important to vibe and this is a great to bounce off new mm. ideas and coaching to help grow and continue to allow the business to adapt at times yeah. and trends change. Yeah, that, that's a very valid point there. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, 
And then uh, we had another comment, referrals and sending them reminders that you still that you are still in business and happy first anniversary gift. Yeah, be nice. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The trust is always key to future bookings and client leads. Love this. Thank you for that comment. We appreciate that. Yes. Um, Big Earn says during the sales process in your profession, uh, what has been your biggest objection to overcome? I'm, I'm assuming that's probably for you, Andrea. So yeah. I'll, I'll let you kind of attack that one. So I think that one of the biggest things is um, when I say that, like, I set out to redefine the wedding industry in Las Vegas. 20 years ago, 26 years ago, when I moved here, I thought that I was moving into like Rat Pack, Elvis, sexy, tuxedo, James Bond, Vegas. But I showed up here in 1994 to like fanny pack, cooler, let's be family fun Vegas. And I was like, yeah, I don't want this. <laughs> when I started my business 10 years ago, the most expensive wedding planner in Las Vegas charged about $3,500 mm, wow. for full planning. Wow. I could not live on that. Mm -mm. I Not the way that I wanted to. I wanted to be a wife. I wanted to be a mother. I wanted to explore my other interests and I wanted to be able I looked at it and I said, there's no reason people would say like, but Vegas can't do luxury. We built a lake in the middle of the strip. <laughs> you don't think I could build you a DJ booth? Like we, we have the conservatory with these thousands of pounds of flowers. It's the same people making your bouquet. So, but there was this disconnect in, mm -hmm. in what Vegas was known for and what we could do in the luxury space. So it took me years. It took, a, it took about six years to mm. really convince people that Vegas was a destination that you could go to that wasn't cheap, wasn't cheesy, that it was very, very specifically geared to luxury. And the way that I did that was I invested my own money in my clients' weddings. So when I started, I said, okay, I understand that the, the people that I'm working with today are not the people that I ultimately, and no disrespect to them, but I knew I wanted to do something different. Mm -hmm. And so the first wedding, I was like, okay, so let's talk about menus. And they're like, eh, the venue gives us menus for free. I'm like, that's printed on eight and a half by 11 regular paper that they're cutting in a thing. So I said, okay, they paid me $3,000. What if I invested 10% into the wedding? What if I took $300 of my own money mm -hmm. and I went to a stationer who wanted to do more high-end escort cards and who wanted to do more high-end venues. And they gave me a deal mm. and I paid for them. And sometimes I could honestly only afford to pay for it for the head table. But I went to the photographer and said, this is the shot that I need. Right. So that the next wedding had it in their head. And, and it's very kind of Seth Godin, people like us do things like this. My clients pay for upgraded stationery. And so of course you will too. And nobody wants to say no. So like, yeah, of course I'll pay for the upgraded stationery. Well, well, great. Now they're paying me $4,000 because the work looks like it's worth $4,000. And I'm able to take 400 and say, all right, what can I buy for 400 to make this look better? I can buy lighting. I can buy up lighting. And, and I, I constantly said, I'm always going to put 10% back in until hmm. the work looked like what I wanted to do. That was the biggest obstacle I'd say in the last 10 years that I've had was convincing people that this was a market that 
had the competencies and that was able to do the work that they wanted and the work that I wanted to do. And the only, you can't sell what you can't show. And so if I, I looked at it as a marketing expense and I looked at it as a business expense of the only way that I can teach people and the only way that I can convince them that it can be done is to do it. And I spent my own money on it and it was, and continues to be, I always change something. And I tell my clients this, I will change something at every wedding that I do. And it's because no matter how many renderings you do, no matter how many spacewalks, no matter how many demos, you walk into the room and you go, I don't like it. Mm. Like something's not right. Mm. Maybe I need another chandelier or you know what? We said the light was going to be purple, but the light should be pink. And right. it's, I'm going to make that call because I've lived in your head for a year and I feel like I can. And if I have to throw my own money at it to make it right, I, I will. Um, fortunately, though, after 10 years, I work with teams where everybody's on the same page. We all just want to make it right. right. So that's that's the biggest hurdle. And today, I'd say the biggest hurdle is having people understand the pricing, the, the way that I the way that I charge and the the way that I charge because people always ask, I charge a retainer. And so you you buy one of my six available slots. So that's the first thing you retain. You retain one of my six. Then I have a percentage of all production and then I have a labor fee for the day of. And so what happens is I get phone calls and people go, um, OK, I, I spoke to like three of your competitors and nobody else charges like that. And I go, OK, so. First of all, you didn't speak to my competitors. You spoke to other people who do weddings. Thank you. Yeah. But but that's okay because now's my opportunity to educate you and right. to see because if you really get it, you'll care. I say this is why I charge a retainer and I explain it. This is why I charge the percentage and I explain it. This is why I charge the labor fee. We talk about skilled and unskilled labor. We talk about all these things mm. that I was able to refine by working with my own business coach that, that I was taught by working with other people and through groups. And after I explain it all, I say, now here's a better question. All of these other people, have you asked why they charge what they charge? And they're like, what do you, what do you mean? As so I understand every, every dime that's coming into my business. I know why it's coming. I, I know how I put it together. And so I can talk to you about the numbers all day. Why is this wedding planner charging you a flat fee? Hmm. Or why are they only charging you this? Because my bet is they don't know. My bet is you say to somebody, somebody goes, well, I'm a wedding planner. I'll do the exact same job she'll do for $8,000. First of all, no, you won't. Nope. But secondly, why eight? Hmm. Why not nine? Why not seven? Why right. Not, yeah. Any, any why more? not 12? Where yeah. did you get the number from? And it's because, and they can't answer that. Wow. They don't, they don't understand why. So if, if you're going to have, if you know that you, that price is, is a sticking point because you've set yourself apart and you've charged a higher number to show we are not the same. And so you have to pay me more. You better be able to talk about that number. You yeah. better know it. And every, and I also tell them like, Hey, if, if your planner can't explain why they charge the way they charge, 
they can't explain why the DJ charges the way he charges or the videographer charges that way or why the right. venue charges that way. Are you, you're really going to trust somebody with 200,000, 500,000, one point million dollars and they don't know how they charge. Right. And it's, it's a difficult conversation to have until you've had it a few times, because I think as the create, the creative side of us is always like, I don't know, should I say this? Is it too harsh? I don't want people to think I'm mean. But once you've gotten really comfortable, it's it's yeah. the best conversation that I have in the the sales process. Guys, these are these are straight truth bombs being dropped right now. Wow, these are legit. <laughs> Thank you for listening to part one of this episode. Be sure to tune in next time for part two on the Wedding Business Growth Podcast.